Pastor Xavier Reese on why worship needs to be a priority. The test of Abraham was to sacrifice a son. And Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. Underline it. Abraham was going to go worship God. Obedience to the revelation of God is worship. Let me repeat that. Obedience to the revelation of God is one form of worship. When you obey, you're worshiping God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The book of James reminds us that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and that's a lesson that has to be lived out, not just read about. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the book of Genesis and shows us how Abraham had to pass the test in order to receive the complete blessings that come to those who live by faith and not just talk about it. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 19, and the message entitled, The Ultimate Test of Abraham. The greatest test of Abraham's life, coming upon him, the sacrifice of son, is characterized by three things. Verse 1 through 4, the clear command to Abraham. Verse 5 through 14, the complete obedience of Abraham. And verse 15 through 19, the communicated blessing to Abraham. Notice in verse 1, the testing of Abraham's faith. The test of Abraham was from God. Mark that very, very clear. Take now, don't miss it, your son. Throughout the narrative here, it is a focus on the uniqueness of the son that he must give over to God. The most precious thing of his life that should never be before God. Notice the place he was to be taken was given. The location was familiar place, the land of Moriah, the area of Jerusalem. Abraham had been there with Kelamer and Melchizedek. If you keep going up, Calvary's at the very top. Now, the particular details was shocking. Listen, the mission pronounced was, and offer him there as a burnt offering. Though the law was not given as of yet, Burn offerings later would be given in Leviticus chapter 1. A complete dedication and consecration. That's what was symbolic of. Totally burned up on the altar. Dedicating yourself to God. It has been said that faith is idle when circumstances are right. Only when they are adverse is one's faith in God exercised. Faith like a muscle grows strong and supple only with exercise. We don't like to exercise faith. We like to proclaim faith. But the only way to grow in faith is to exercise. The clear command to Abraham was a test of his faith. Notice, secondly, it's characterized by the complete obedience of Abraham. The call to be tested is one thing, but now the obedience is highest of all. In verse 5, the complete expression of faith by Abraham is stated. The purpose of the journey, don't miss it, was to worship God. And Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. Underline it. Abraham was going to go worship God. The positive return by both from the journey is unmistakable. Listen to his words. And we will come back to you. The personal pronoun we refers to Abraham and Isaac. 
Hebrews tells us that Abraham concluded that God was able to raise him up from the dead if need be. Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. Wow. The seed will be Isaac. If he kills him, he's got to raise him. It's not Abraham's problem. It's God's problem. But Abraham has to pass a test of all the emotions, of the obedience. Obedience to the revelation of God is worship. Let me repeat that. Obedience to the revelation of God is one form of worship. When you obey, you're worshiping God. It's not the only way we worship God. It's a very important way we worship God. They would indeed worship God together on the mountain, as we'll see. The point of question of Isaac is recorded. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? The revelation is communicated, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide, literally in the Hebrew, himself, not for himself. He'll provide himself, the lamb, for a burnt offering. Prophetic. Remember, we have been told by the New Testament already that Abraham knew that God was able to raise him up. Wow. Hanging on to that with all the emotions, all the difficulties. The progression up the mountain continued, so the two men went up together. Abraham obeying in faith, Isaac trusting through faith. Notice the execution of faith then in verse 9 through 12. In verse 9, the appropriation of faith by Abraham is manifested. He obeyed God's instructions. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, all according to the revelation of God. And Abraham built an altar there in the place, and he placed the wood in order. The submission and faith by Isaac is revealed in verse 9 also. Uh, the trust of the son is evident, and he bound Isaac, his son. Isaac allowed himself to be bound. This is the only time this word is found in the Old Testament, bound. Isaac could have stopped him, 20, 26 years old. The terror of the father is evident. He laid him on the altar upon the wood. He himself would have to kill his son. He would see the terror and the shock of the face of the son and the son looking to the father. Do you get the picture of this? The demonstration of faith did not waver. Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. He was fully committed to God. He was fully committed to obey. The word slay there means to slaughter, indicating cutting of the throat. The interruption from heaven came right on time, verse 11. The person speaking, but the angel of the Lord Yahweh called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. The angel of the Lord hears again Jesus Christ. We've seen him in chapter 16. We've seen him before. We'll see him again. The initial call mentions his name only once. Abraham, when he called him out. And he answered right away, here am I. Now the twofold call emphasizes the urgency of it. What's his response? Here am I. Wow. Whether it's in calm or in urgency, his ear is tuned. He's not distracted. The sensitivity to the voice of God was critical. Do you allow your emotions to get the best use so you can't think clearly? Is that what you make decisions on? The proclamation from God was of deliverance. Look at verse 12. The good news 
was declared to Abraham. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. You could imagine seeing the greatest sign of relief on Abraham's face and Isaac looking up and changing <laughs> before his eyes. Why? Because he heard God. You can imagine him just collapsing on top of Isaac, hugging him, weeping, caressing out of joy. The godly character of Abraham was attested to by God then. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. He revealed his reverence to the revelation and authority of God. He revealed nothing came before God. You and I will be tested in life about this in different ways. And therefore, we have the celebration of faith in verse 13 and 14. The substitution offer was seen. The offering was divinely provided. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thickest by its horns. Coincidence? No. He said God will provide himself a sacrifice. He was looking. He knew God would do it. He didn't know how, but he was looking. He had no other provisions. The offering had to be received from the human perspective. So Abraham went and took the ram. He offered it up for a burnt offering. Listen, instead of his son. The gift from heaven must be received as the substitute. It is not forced upon anybody. It must be taken by the individual and received as valid for their sin as a substitute. God doesn't force anybody to go to heaven. Abraham joyfully offered the ram in place of his son Isaac. And therefore, in verse 14, we have the memorializing of the offering of God. The name marked the present fulfillment for Isaac. Don't miss it. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord Yahweh will provide. Yahweh Jireh. Literally, Yahweh sees. The word provide in its root, and that means to see. In other words, he sees the need, and he sees to meeting the need. This is the indication here. And then we have the proverb mark the future fulfillment for all of mankind. The first was a memorial for the present. Now it's for the future. Listen. As it is said to this day... So this turned into a proverb. In the mountain of the Lord Yahweh, it shall be provided. The mountain of Moriah, Mount Moriah around the temple area to the very top is Calvary. God will provide another substitute in the future on the very same mountain. On the very same mountain. When you think of testings and sufferings, you have to think of Job. He's another good example of extreme testing of faith because he feared God. Listen to his words in Job 23, 12. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Whoa. You want to listen to men like Job. They've lived through it. They haven't had an easy life. They know what they're talking about. What they preach is not from 
a cemetery education or from books. It's from life of walking with God. There's nothing wrong with books, nothing wrong with an education. The only problem is when life doesn't back up what you're teaching, then it's hypocrisy. It's presumptuousness. The definition of biblical faith must be confined to the nature of faith, believing and trusting the revelation that God has manifested. Faith always points to the word of God, biblical faith. 1 Corinthians 2, 1, 8 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you in excellency of speech or in wisdom according, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to not know anything among you except Christ Jesus crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And in speech, my preaching was not with persuasive human words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Is the power of God resting in your life? Are you being transformed? Are you being changed? Or do you attend a church that makes it easy on you? And I'm not talking, I'm not here to abuse you. We're not here to be a bunch of guards or anything. But are you content with your complacency or are you pushing forward? However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the age of the glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. Listen, for had they known that, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they could have looked at Jesus and said, you know what, he's God. You think they would have crucified him? Of course not. Do you come to believe that Jesus is God because you're so smart, because you got a BA, an MA, or whatever? Or because you're streetwise? You come to the place where you say Jesus is God because the Holy Spirit, the power of God has come upon you and opened your eyes and you know he's God. Not by persuasive words. The only faith that is honored by God is the one that is putting his entire trust and dependency upon the atoning work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, to have your life transformed by the type of Isaac here, the substitute sacrifice. Listen well. Abraham is the type of God the Father who gave his son for our sins, who had to agonize, much like Abraham here. Isaac is the type of the son submitted to God the Father's will to be the substitute for sin, agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating pours of blood. Not my will, but your will be done. The wood laid upon the back of Isaac was the cross carried all the way up the mountain, the very same mountain Jesus carried to Calvary. The ram is the type of Jesus, the substitute, for the sinners. Three days later, they arrived. The three days, a type of resurrection. Jesus alive. Coincidence? Oh, no. Everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. 2,000 years later, on the very same mountain, God provided his son, Jesus Christ, for the sins of the world. And you know what the interesting thing is? As you look at the text, Isaac is not mentioned. We know he came down, but he's not mentioned. The next time you read Isaac is in chapter 24. You know when that is? When he's there to meet his bride. Coincidence? Jesus rose from the dead from the Mount of Olives to heaven. The next time Jesus will see us is when he's with his bride in the rapture. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. Rebecca's a type. Isaac a type of Christ and the church. 
you've read Isaiah 53, 5 through 7. It says there that uh, he was wounded for our transgression, the transgression, the chastisement of our peace upon him. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Speaking of Jesus. Behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, John said in John 1, 29. Jesus Christ. Book of Hebrews again, chapter 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which, listen, he also received him as a figured sense, a figurative sense, pointing to the son, the ultimate son, in a figure, a type. He made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. One day, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees asked him, are you greater than our father Abraham? Listen to the words of Jesus in John 8, 56 to 58. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you're not even 50 years old. You have seen Abraham? Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Where did Abraham see Jesus? Right here. Right here. The complete obedience of Abraham was in faith, faith alone, which brings us to our last point, the communicated blessing to Abraham. Notice verse 15 through 16. You have the principal reason. It was in view of the test. Verse 15, the pronouncement came from heaven. Mark it well. The person remains the same, the angel of the Lord, Yahweh, Jesus Christ. This is the second time, distinct from the first. The place of origin, again, heaven, and the place of the calling from the mission, the place where we must trust all the time. The revelation of God comes from heaven, not from man. The preeminent dependability of God in verse 16. There being nothing higher than God. Listen, by myself I have sworn. The person of ultimate trust, God. He can't lie. The basis being the covenant relationship, says the Lord Yahweh. And the word says the Lord appears 364 times in the Old Testament. When God says something, you can depend on it. The basis for the oath, because you have done this thing. You have not withheld your son, your only son. The priority for life is to love the Lord our God with all our mind, soul, and strength above everyone else, more than my wife, more than my children, more than everything. Notice the particular blessing we're also in view of the test in verse 17 and 18. The promise was to bless the descendants of Abraham innumerable. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants. As he has said in chapter 12, 14, 17, and he'll continue to say that. God uses two similes to communicate the literalness of their number. As the stars of the heavens and the sands which is on the seashore. This is the only time and the phrase sands of the seashore is used for the number of his descendants. It's not used ever again. You know how many sands are in a handful? <laughs> As the stars. Now we know that in proportion. The promise was to bless them to be victorious over their enemies. Look at The language has to be understood in the culture of the day. It was written. And your descendants shall possess the gates of your enemies. The mention of gates represents the authority where the elders and all the judgments were made at the gate. The business, the legal transactions. Therefore, the reference is clearly to conquer and rule over the over enemies. The power and authority. This is what God wanted for Israel. That will be the ultimate thing. But because they walked away from God, God made them subjugated to everybody else. Interesting. But that wasn't God's ideal. The end, Israel will conquer over all the enemies. 
We know that in Scripture. Verse 18, the promise was to make them a blessing to the entire world. This is the goal. This is the ultimate goal, people. We're not the church of the chosen frozen. Okay? Salvation is for anybody who believes, the whole world. Black, brown, white, whoever. The promise is in the person of the Messiah. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The reference to seed, underline it. It is singular. The promise to Adam and Eve was the Redeemer, Genesis 3.15. The Messiah, singular. In fact, Paul interprets it for us in Galatians 3.16. Listen to him in Galatians. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say into seeds as of many, but as of one into your seed who is Christ. Paul interprets this passage. One, singular, Messiah. It's through him the whole earth is blessed. Jew and Gentile in his name. It goes back to Genesis 12, 1 and 3. The Gentiles were always included in salvation. The particular reason is repeated because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham loved God more than his son Isaac. Abraham trusted God to be able to raise Isaac from the dead. Wow. And so he finishes with the personal witness in view of the test. In verse 19, Abraham did what he told his servants he would do. Don't miss this. So Abraham returned to his young men. Despite his knowing that he would sacrifice a son, he told them that he and Isaac were going to worship Yahweh. Did they? Yes. Despite his knowing that he would sacrifice a son, he told them that Isaac and him would return. Did they? Yes. Abraham returned a quite a different man, though, than before. And they rose and went together to Beersheba. The return trip was festive in contrast to the departure in mourning. The departure saw Isaac as good as dead in the mind of Abraham. But in the return trip, Isaac was very, very much alive. The departure, the love of Abraham for God was being tested. The return trip, his love for God had been proven. Abraham lived as a sojourner. And Abraham dwelt in Beersheba believing the promises of the Redeemer from God, resting in the provisions of God, and experiencing the peace of God. That's what God desires to do in your life and mine. We will have testings. We will have difficulties. The blessing of God is by walking, obeying, and faith. So we need to be as a high priest of the Old Testament who has certain parts of their body anointed with blood. In Exodus 29, 20, the high priest had his right ear anointed with blood to hear the voice of God, consecrate his ear, the right thumb to do the work of God, the service of God, and the right great toe to walk in the ways of God. We need to have our ear, our thumb, and our foot to walk with God. The blessing in life is that we are being faithful witnesses of Jesus as difficult as it is at times. Acts 1a says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It begins at home, people. From home, your neighborhood, your families, your friends, where you work. We're to be witnesses of those things so the Holy Spirit that has been given to us is confirmed by our obedience as Acts 5.32 says. 
It is through the Holy Spirit that we obey, not by our own power, our own ability. We're to trust in Him. And so the communicated blessing to Abraham was embraced by faith. Greatest trial of Abraham's life. Characterized by the clear command of Abraham was the test of faith. The complete obedience of Abraham was in faith. And the communicated blessing to Abraham was embraced by faith. Faith and nothing but faith. Pastor Xavier Uris and the importance of faith in the life of the believer. And you can pick up a copy of today's study, The Ultimate Test of Abraham. It's available on CD for only $4. Now remember, this will also include what you heard on the program the last time we were together. So that title once again is The Ultimate Test of Abraham. Or just tell us today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you tell us the call letters of this station when you do contact us. How do you know if it's God who answered your prayer or just coincidence? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese right here on the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 